inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you this afternoon. I'm America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator and host of Wall Builders Live with David Barton. It's a thrill to be with you here on American Family Radio. Love talking to you on Tuesdays and Thursdays about what's happening in the country and what we can do about it. This is this is not one of these programs where we just talk about all the bad going on. Walker and I are very motivated to motivate you to action. We are very much about how do you solve the problem? How do you how do you, you know, do a good job of being Caesar? We are Caesar in America. If we hadn't you hadn't figured that out yet, uh, God, you know, Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's." And in America, we the people. We are Caesar, so it's a it's a very important job, a lot of responsibility that comes with it. So we talk a lot here on AFA at the Core about those core principles that will restore a nation and what you can do about it. Very, very action-oriented. So thanks for being a part of the program. If you'd like to actually call in and ask a question or make a comment, feel free to do that by calling 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I am in the final preparation for the largest Patriot Academy Leadership Congress we have ever had. Super, super excited about this. This is just going to be amazing. We're taking over the Texas Capitol starting next Monday and all throughout the week. Great speakers. The students, of course, will be legislators, so they're going to be on the real house floor debating the major issues of the day. That's that's 16 to 25-year-olds, so kind of a you know mix of high school, college, law students, some that have been out of school for a while or didn't go to college, uh, which, by the way, I'm actually an advocate for not going to college. I think uh, Charlie Kirk's new book is spot on, College is a Scam. Uh, depending on your career, obviously, if you're going to be an engineer, doctor, certain areas, you got to do it. But for most people, waste of money, waste of time. And unfortunately, we in the church have sent our kids off to these indoctrination camps, and I hear it almost every day from some family who's in turmoil at this point because the kids have turned against them. They've become part of the left-wing sheep out there. They've been indoctrinated by the the college they went to, even though we thought it was going to be a good conservative college, in many cases a Christian college. So it's it's a it's a gamble, folks. I'm telling you, there's only a few colleges that that we support and and encourage folks to still um, participate in, and they are few and far between. All of that to say, these students on the House floor, some of them are in college, and uh, and we're equipping them to to be warriors on their campus. But some are in high school, some are are done with all that and already in a career. But 16 to 25, you kind of get a picture of that. Just imagine the Texas House floor. Uh, packed out with these young people debating the major issues of the day. And the, and the whole week is a legislative simulation like none other. It is the most real, most um, uh, lifelike legislative simulation known to mankind. I'm telling you, we have people that will every year be visiting, and they come out and they see these students debating on the floor, and they find one of our staff and say, man, we got young legislators here in Texas because they think it's the real deal. It's that, it's that much like the real session and uh, quite a good experience for them. They learn how to work the process. It's not enough to be right, folks. Right does not make might. You've got to learn how to win. you got to be strategic. I mean, you look all throughout the Bible, and uh, you could, using a George W. Bush uh, uh, word, you, you can learn all about strategery. There's a lot of it in there, and we teach that to the students. How do you win? Not just be right. How do you win? And so we teach that throughout the week in the legislative process. And then over on the other side of the Capitol, on the Senate floor, 
we've packed it out with veterans, with military veterans, every branch represented, people of all ages that are now serving, some active duty and some retired, and it's a great way for them to really understand. And every veteran tells me when it's over, hey, I, I get it. I know what I was fighting for. I, I understand now. I, I know how it works from inside the belly of the beast and, uh, and, and, and what a constitutional republic really is. Uh, so it's a really good experience for them as well. And then it's kind of cool to watch the students and the, and the military veterans interact with each other. <clears throat> and then third, we've got a constitution track taking place, a constitution coach track, I'm sorry, taking place while all of this is going on. So our constitution coaches come in and they learn how to testify in committee because the students and the military vets have their committee meetings every night and debate the bills in committee first before they go out on the, on the floor. And so these coaches get to practice testifying in legislative committees, and that also makes it more real for the students and the military vets as well. So it's a really cool system that we've got down. And, and let me just – I'm just going to read some of these speakers I've got coming in. I mean, this is going to be absolutely incredible. Charlie uh, – well, some of our speakers are piping in, uh, and then a lot are in person. But here's all the speakers that are going to pour into these young people throughout the week. Charlie Kirk, Michael Knowles, Benil Dariush. He's a UFC fighter, loves the Lord, amazing guy. We love this guy. He spoke at our – our dinner last fall and said, man, we got to get him back. Allie Beth Stuckey, John Cooper of Skillet, who, by the way, if you're not listening to Cooper stuff every day or every week when he puts it out, you ought to. Best best podcast, I'm telling you. Uh, it's amazing. God's using comedians and rockers and everything else uh, to bring truth to our country. Anyway, John Cooper is going to uh, be with us in person. Matt Walsh, Morgan Zeggers, uh, Jeremy Boring, the God King over at uh, Daily Wire, Mark Meckler, my buddy from Convention of States, Steve Dace over at The Blaze, Andrew Clavin, uh, Doug and Regis Giles are going to be there, Chris Dunham, Sean Dunn, um, uh, Frank Turek. It's incredible, the list we've got. Janique Stewart, um, Brad Stein, Gary Newell, Tristan Gazelle, of course the Bartons, David and Tim Barton both, Stephen McDowell, Jackie Schlegel. I mean, this is this is a power-packed week. So why am I telling you all this? Because it's too late for you to sign up and, and come be a part of it. I'm telling you this because I'm asking you for a favor. I need you to be praying this weekend ahead of time for the Patriot Academy. This academy, there, there are so many God-inspired moments that take place throughout this week. And these are the leaders, not just of tomorrow, but of today. A lot of these military veterans are going home and running for office right now. Some of these students will run for office in the next five years, ten years. These are the leaders. This is the remnant that God is raising up. So, so do me a do me a solid. And as you're in your prayer time today, tomorrow, Saturday, actually all through next week, but specifically ahead of time, be praying for tender hearts that they'll hear truth, that they'll that they'll uh, be seeking truth. Uh, pray for uh, God-inspired moments. Pray for great fellowship and friendships and. And God, to knit hearts throughout this week of, of warriors for Christ, warriors for liberty, uh, I'm just asking you, go to the mat for us. Be in prayer throughout this next week because I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, as my pastor growing up used to say, I know in my knower that this is going to be a week that prepares these young people and these veterans for battle. And when I say battle, I'm talking intellectual battle. That's what we train them for to be ready and able to lead in their communities, to be the catalyst for restoring biblical values and constitutional principles. So I'm asking you to join us, lock shields with us, by being a prayer partner throughout this next week. Of course, always perfectly fine if you want to go to patriotacademy.com and donate as well. <laughs> Got to throw that in there. But right now what I'm ask, actually asking you to do is for a little bit of your time, your life. Remember, we're, I'm always asking for your life, fortune, and sacred honor. That's what we've all got to give if we want liberty 
uh, to be preserved. So right now I'm asking for some of your life, some of your time to be on your knees in prayer for this uh, Leadership Congress that's going to take place at the Texas Capitol in Austin, Texas, all next week, beginning on Sunday night, actually, out at my ranch in Dripping Springs, where we have a great time of fellowship. So even pray for that, that, that students will be meeting other students from across the country and that friendships will be kindled. Uh, and frankly, that some of these amazing young people will meet the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with, that God's going to knit hearts that way as well. I know that's weird. I know I know you're thinking, Rick, what are you? What? Yes, yes, I've had a lot of Patriot Academy weddings. I've actually married three of the couples that met at Patriot Academy. That's a good thing. We're looking for that, right? We want, we want them to go have lots of conservative constitutionalist kids as well. As somebody that lost by 20 votes out of 30,000 in my first election, I believe every vote counts. Therefore, I encourage all conservatives to have lots of children. Yes, actually, that's a biblical thing as well. And uh, we should be fruitful and multiply. And we can influence the culture even more. The more children we raise in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and then send them out to be a part of the solution. All right, I'm excited to get to a few of the headlines today. One from yesterday that uh, I am super excited about has to do with a Democrat bill that I'm actually supporting. I know, I know, I know, you're shocked. You're, I agree with the Democrats on something. Uh, they have actually called for term limits for federal Supreme Court justices. Now, I've been calling for term limits for federal judges for two decades. It's in all of our Constitution classes. I talk about the fact that you know no one should be on the bench for 50 years or even 30 years. And listen, my hero is Clarence Thomas. I mean, he's the best federal judge of my lifetime and certainly the best on the Supreme Court right now. But he's been there 31 years, you know. Uh, I mean, at some point, even the good guys need to go home. Now, I'm not suggesting we get rid of Clarence Thomas right now. We need him for the next five years. He's right now dismantling all of the leftist idols that were created through the United States Supreme Court. So Clarence Thomas is critical to the next few years on the Supreme Court. So I do not support the Democrat bill as it is written, but I support the concept and have just a couple of little tweaks that I think could make this a win-win for all Americans, both sides, not politically used by the Democrats just to quickly get rid of Clarence Thomas and and uh, Roberts and Alito, which would be the first three to go under this bill, uh, but to spread this thing out, make sure that there's a presidential election before it kicks in so that you're not you know, handing appointments to the current president, whoever that would be. I don't think it would be right for Congress to pass a bill like that, even if it was, it was our guy in the White House. So I've got some little tweaks to this thing that I think can make it a really, really good constitutional um, improvement for America. I don't. I think the founders messed up, honestly, when it comes to the judiciary. They they had never dealt with a judiciary like this. They'd never. Uh, I don't think they ever expected. I know that they didn't expect. Look at read the Federalist Papers. They never thought the court would become the place that that tyranny would be forced on the country. They never thought the court would, would, for instance, force gay marriage on the states or force abortion on the states or any of those things. They never dreamed that would happen. Alexander Hamilton lays this out in Federalist 78. He says you never had to fear your liberty being taken from the court as long as the court stays in its lane where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to apply the law. It's not supposed to write the law, and it's certainly not supposed to enforce the law. If it ever gets over into those two areas, Hamilton said, then you would have everything to fear from the court. Well, that's, of course, exactly what the court has done for the last 50 years. It's made law. It's it's actually gone out there and 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 tried to enforce law. I mean, the, the Supreme Court's been out of control, all of the federal courts, out of control for 50 years. And I've advocated for shortening and limiting the time that someone spends on the court in order to just spread the power out. No one should have that much power for decades and decades and decades. And uh, I think the founders would agree today if they saw the system as it is. So what the Democrats have proposed is 18-year terms for U.S. Supreme Court justices. 
Now, they want to implement it immediately. And the way they've written the bill is that every president would get to appoint a new justice in their first and third years after a presidential election. What I'm advocating for is, okay, fine, but that's after the next presidential election that it kicks in, and they get to appoint someone in that first year, and that person then takes office the second Monday of the following year. I know that sounds complicated, but the whole point is that it happens um, at the beginning of the next year. And so you have all year to make that appointment, Senate have its hearings. Uh, the person that's going to be rolling off the court that's that's been there the longest would know at the end of this year I'm done. Um, and then and then you actually allow for this thing to be uh, sort of timed in, uh, phased in, if you will. And then no one gets to stay on the court for, you know, 100 years. I think it's a good deal. I think it needs to be pushed. I think Republicans need to get on board with this with the modification of it being after the next presidential election. Um, and and that no president gets to, you know, if you have an actual vacancy, they don't get to do that and then get an appointment in the first and third year. So vacancies count as their their two shots at this. Um, and then there's always the question of constitutionality. How does this happen? It, can it be just a law of Congress or does it need to be a constitutional amendment? And, and, and frankly, a constitutional amendment would be the best way to go. But the Constitution just simply says that these justices serve for good behavior. And, and I would argue that Article three does give and Article 2 and 3 combined, uh, does give Congress the ability to decide how the courts are going to work. So I think you could do this legislatively, but the better bet, the safe bet, would be to do a constitutional amendment limiting justices, but not just Supreme Court justices. This is the other modification to the Democrats' law uh, proposal that got dropped yesterday. Um, it should be all federal judges, a district judge, appellate judges, Supreme Court judges, everybody, 18 years, that's it. You get appointed, in 18 years, you're done. You could be reappointed to a different court, but not to that court. You know, if you're moving up to a, to a next high court. So this is actually a good thing. I said it was going to happen. I said once this U.S. Supreme Court starts handing down conservative constitutional decisions, the left is finally going to agree with us that we need a convention of states to send the power back to the states so that each state can have its individual personality and not have the feds telling them what to do. And we need term limits both in Congress and on the U.S. Supreme Court. Both of those things would greatly help us to stay together as a nation and not be at each other's throats all the time. So I, I think this is a positive move, folks, if it's done with these modifications. So Republicans should start reaching out across the aisle to these Democrats that filed these bills and say, listen, we're with you. Conceptually, we're with you. Term limits for federal judges all the way across the board. Let's just think through how we're going to implement that so it doesn't give a significant advantage to either party and make sure that it's good for everybody. All right, we're going to get to your calls when we come back. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. You're listening to AFA at the Core. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Dr. Deborah Burks, former COVID advisor to President Trump, the scarf lady, is hawking a new book titled Silent Invasion. In it, she reveals that she actively deceived the Trump administration on COVID strategy. She wrote, as soon as we convinced the Trump administration to implement our version of a two-week shutdown, I was trying to figure out how to extend it. I didn't have the numbers yet to make the case for extending it, but I had two weeks to get them. 15 days to slow the spread was a ruse. Total shutdown was her aim from the beginning. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. It's a part of human nature to want to take control of our lives, and girls are no exception. They desire to be decision makers in how they spend their time and with whom. The ironic thing? Girls tend to look outside to influencers for advice on trends from clothing to hairstyles. But who influences their spiritual lives? Help them to focus inward with prayers and petitions to God, along with your loving support. Knowing that you are there to point them in the right direction reduces anxiety and lights a candle for faith to shine through. St. Paul shares in Philippians, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Work with your girl to establish the inner influence of peace. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back here on AFA at the core. Rick Green, America's Constitution coach, with you this afternoon. Phone number, if you would like to make a comment or ask a question, is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We've been talking about this Democrat bill filed yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It might have been day before, but I think it was yesterday. Um, that essentially limits Supreme Court justices to 18 years and has them roll off the court Um, with the longest-serving justice first, which uh, unfortunately is Clarence Thomas, the best justice on the court, but that's their goal, right? That's that's why they want to do this. This has nothing to do with making the process work better or spreading power out for them, but that's what we're about. We're about the principles, so we're for the principles regardless of who's in power and all of those things. And in this case, the principle of separation of powers and diluting the power and spreading the power out to more people instead of somebody being able to hold on to it without accountability for decades and decades and decades, uh, that's something that we we should support. Now, they're doing it for a political advantage. They want to they, they know that longest serving justice is Thomas. So, that uh, you know, if they pass the bill as it is, they get rid of Thomas, uh, you know, potentially next year if they pass it, uh, if they if they, with no modifications. And then it would be Roberts would be next. He's the next longest serving and then Alito. Uh, and then I think it's Kagan. And it goes down down the list from there. So that, that's what they're after. They're hoping they could do this during the last, you know, two years of of 
of the, uh, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say <laughs> what I really think the Biden administration is, the last two years of the, the communist regime uh, that is currently occupying the White House. And uh, so I, I would say absolutely block this thing and prevent it from happening unless you get the modifications that make it more reasonable. And the modifications I'm proposing are it just it doesn't kick in until there's another presidential election. So after the election of 2024, then in 2025, whoever wins that election would get to appoint uh, a new Supreme Court justice that would take Th- Clarence Thomas's place at, in January of 2026, which, you know, at that point, I mean, look, Thomas at that point would have served for 35 years. He'd be 77. I mean, we could lose Thomas tomorrow, folks. Let's not be foolish about how we deal with this. We could lose Alito tomorrow. And those are the two that are really driving the train right now and, and the agenda that's good on the court. So let's not let's not assume that they're there forever. Uh, in this case, we'd get, you know, another couple of years with Thomas and, and another, uh, you know, uh, six years with with Roberts. And then when I, which he I would love to get rid of tomorrow if it was, you know, Donald Trump replacing him, but not with Joe Biden being the one in the White House. But he would be gone in 2028 after serving 23 years. He'd be 73. And then Alito would be two years later after serving 24 years. And so you get the idea. I mean, even phasing this in like that, everybody would be serving, you know, at least 19, 20 years, some of them 25 years. Uh, but you get new blood on the court. And, and frankly, you know, look, let's assume for a second Donald Trump runs in 2024 and wins. He would get these these first two or Ron DeSantis. A Republican's going to win in 24, 2024 if things keep going the way they are. Um, and, and, and but it could be that then Democrat gets in after that and then they're going to get two appointments. It just I just think it's a good I think it's good. I think it's good. It spreads out the power. OK, let's go to the phones. We've got Jerry in Texas. First of all, Jerry, anytime you call from Texas, you got to tell me where in God's country you're calling from and uh, where you live in Texas. And uh, and then your comment or question. Uh, hey, Jerry. Hello, uh, my name's Jerry. Hey, Texas. Yes. Uh, real quick. So I have a seventh grader, but I can't remember if he's old enough to go to your academy. He, well, I can't, uh, Jerry, I, I, can't, I can't answer that question until you tell me what part of Texas you're from. College That's State. my rules. <laughs> Jerry, go ahead, man. College Where State. are you from? College Station. Woo. Oh, now I hear you. Okay, sorry, it was cutting out on me. College Station. Okay, all right, gig him. Listen, um, uh, seventh grade's close, close. Is he, what, what is he, 15, 14? Oh, 13. He'll be 13 in October. 13. Okay, so our age is 16 to 25. Um, once in a while, we make exceptions at 15. If he's hungry, if he's sharp, if he's been studying, he writes a really good essay in the application, and he says, man, I want to come early then there's a chance he would get to come early. Uh, this year, we didn't we didn't make any exceptions because we were packed out. We, we sold out really, really you know filled up, and we got like a couple hundred people on the waiting list. Um, so I don't know what next year will be like. I will say this. We do regionals around the nation in Florida and Delaware and Colorado and Indiana and Phoenix. At the regionals, those are three days instead of seven days. It's more likely that he could get in early. So don't hesitate to have him apply at 15, um, but, but normally it's 16. But, I, I, man, I appreciate you calling from Texas and, and asking that. Sorry I couldn't hear you on the College Station thing. You're not that far from me. I'm only a couple hours away from you. And I will admit, after my diatribe in the first segment, uh, you know, my son's an Aggie. So even though I was lambasting all the colleges out there, my oldest son has his master's from the Bush School there at A&M. But that was honestly, Jerry, that was one of the things that, that made me finally decide, even the schools. Because growing up, I told my kids, look, if you go to UT where I went for law school, you're on your own. I'm not helping you go there because it's an indoctrination zoo. If you go to A&M, though, that's the conservative college in Texas. I really That's the way it used to be. Not anymore, man. The first day my son goes no, to class, sir. 
for his masters. The teacher gets up. I was born cisgender. Blah blah blah. It was all about transgender baloney. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe it. At A and M, Jerry. At A and M, it's crazy. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I see it. I'm still taking master's courses there myself for construction oh, yeah. science. I believe it. I keep getting all these diversity inclusive. Join the diversity. So they don't want me, brother. I'm too conservative. <laughs> too conservative. Real quick, I just want to say a shout out. I appreciate that y'all post stuff to Gab. Um, and I'm not trying to sell it, but that's really the only social media that I'm on. All the others are just news, so to speak. Uh, kids even call it fake book because they hear me call it that. But I appreciate <laughs> that y'all post on Gab. Um, I appreciate all that you do. And real quick, a shout out. I'm with you, Clarence Thomas, one of my favorite justices. And yes. I love, I listen to David Martin. I'm reading um, Stephen McDowell's uh, historical book right now. Such, you are doing yourself a disservice. As a Christian, conservative, Republican, if you don't read that book. Um, Wait, now, which one of Stephen's books? History. Oh, yes, yes, America's yes. Providential History. You, I'm halfway through it. I can't put it down. And then there's this other guy I like listening to. He's on every now and then American Radio, Rick Green. I give him <laughs> up to. Brother, y'all be blessed. I'm always listening, and God bless America. Hey, Jerry, God bless you, man. Thanks for the call. And, and I just want to echo several things Jerry just said. Number one, Stephen McDowell's material, phenomenal. Um, you know, the providential history. I also want to recommend his book on the Ten Commandments. Absolutely incredible. And then he's got a new one on biblical economics. In fact, that's what he's going to be talking about next week at Patriot Academy. In fact, we've got him almost leading off the whole thing. He'll be there Monday morning, uh, second or third talk. Um, my buddy Nathan Macias, who's our executive director, will start us off talking about uh, strategies and tactics and, and the lift principles and that sort of thing. But Stephen's going to jump right in on economics very quickly. So that's a good shout out, Jerry. Uh, highly recommend Providence Foundation for great materials. And resources, and 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 I echo the the shout out on Gab as well. I love Gab. I, I I right now I'm trying to do almost all of these social media outlets. It's really a pain because when I post, I have to turn around and post. I I do Getter, I do Gab, I do MeWe. Um, uh, I'm not not doing MeWe as much, but um um you know still you know I'm still doing Facebook. I know I know that makes me a center and, and all that good stuff, but I I can't help it. We got like eighty thousand people on there, and and we just can't get them moved over to these other outlets, and so we're just trying to feed them with good information. So I'm still posting there. Uh, but Gab, my problem with Gab, I'll be honest, Jerry, my problem with Gab is I love the interface. I love the guy, that the, the CEO of it. I love his 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 uh, his uh, posts and emails that I get. Uh, I can't seem to grow on Gab. I don't know what the deal is. Constitution Coach, look me up on Gab. It's just Constitution Coach is my, is my handle. And I'm just like capped. at It just hasn't moved. The, the needle hasn't moved at all. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But anyway, I do love Gab, and I appreciate that shout-out. Good job there, Jerry. Okay, let's move over to, unfortunately, the state that is outshining Texas. Yes, I'm admitting it. I know, I know this will be on the record forever that I actually said another state was doing better than Texas. But Florida, absolutely, because of Ron DeSantis being the best governor the country has seen uh, in a very, very long time, is uh, even 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 shine, doing even better than Texas. So shout out to uh, Florida. And Bonnie is calling in from Florida. Bonnie, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Hi, Rick. Um, my question is, you were talking about that law in the beginning that they're considering with the yes. Supreme Court judges? Yes. Okay. Um, isn't that the way the communists come in to take over? They, they want to do these... Um, change the rules or do you think this is legit 
Yeah, I mean, if if it was the com if the, if they were doing it the way the communists would really want to do this, they'd just get rid of the Supreme Court completely, and 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 Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would 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 rule, and 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 uh, there'd be a Politburo in secret, and and not uh, a Supreme Court at all. So no, I, I I think honestly they are they are in knee jerk reaction mode at this point. They hate Clarence Thomas so much, and they hate the fact that we overturned Roe v. Wade so much. That they're knee-jerk reacting here and just looking for any way to take power away from the current Supreme Court justices. Now, that's uh, you know obviously we want to prevent them from being able to do that immediately. But in terms of the overall structure of how the system should work, I'm in agreement and have been pushing it for a couple of decades. So I think we take advantage of their knee-jerk reaction. We take advantage. It's sort of like uh, you know if you're watching a good UFC fight and a guy overswings, he misses. Man, he opens himself up at that point for getting, you know, knocked out, and 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 that's essentially what I see here is they are overswinging in such a way that we have an opportunity for a knockout punch that's really good for the Constitution and and for the future of our country. The court has been the major problem for fifty years, and just because we have a few good justices right now with a slim majority, I mean, let's face it, Roberts is normally not going to be with us, so it's really a five-four majority right now. Um, and, and, and again, anything could happen to Clarence Thomas or to Sam Alito, either one of them go and we're in trouble. And I, and I don't think anybody should expect Kavanaugh or Gorsuch or Barrett to be a Clarence Thomas or Sam Alito. They're just not, I mean, they've already proven that with decisions that they've already made on COVID and other things, other issues, you know, uh, different ones have caved and, and been bad on different issues, but they are no, none of those three are quite a Clarence Thomas. And so I don't want them on the court for 30 years. I think they're going to get worse as time goes on. I think they'll be good for the next few years, but not for very long. And the swamp is a swamp. It eats you up, folks. I'm telling you, the longer you're there, the harder it is to stand for truth, the harder it is to stay motivated, to stay uh, in the fight in a good way. It just it just chews you up. So I'm for people going to D.C., serving keeping their principles, standing by their principles as long, you know, stand firm. But nobody can do that for very few people can do that. Now, Clarence Thomas has done it. I admit, I admit, you've got an argument there. But that is so rare, so, so rare. I was just talking to my son last night, sitting on the porch, smoking cigars. Shh, don't tell anybody. Anyway, we were having a great conversation about the world and about how Clarence Thomas is such a rare gem. I mean, it is so rare that you get somebody, because he asked me, he's like, you know, I know, I know some of these justices changed over time. What was Thomas like when he first got appointed? I said, exactly like he is today. That is rare that you have somebody in that fishbowl for that long and they still stand for the exact same things they stood for, in his case, 31 years ago when he was appointed. Don't expect to get that with additional appointees, which is why we need to limit them to 18 years. I'd actually be for 10 years, but this bill does 18 years, which makes the math work out well with nine justices and every, you know, presidential term getting two appointments. So it, I can I can go with it. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We got time for one more before we head uh, to our next break. I think one more, maybe two. We'll see. Jer- another Jerry. Uh, this one. No, I'm sorry. After Jerry. Gotcha. Paul in Louisiana. Paul, sorry I called you Jerry. Um, oh, no. You, this is Jerry. Someday I'll read correctly and not get so excited I'm reading like three lines at once and three phone lines at once. Uh, I do have Paul in Louisiana. Paul, go for it, buddy. Hey, yeah, I just want to say I love your show. Thank you, man. Between one and two, uh, but uh, I agree wholeheartedly. But since the Democrats do want it, I say that they need to make it a little more simple and just say throw in all federally elected employees as well as employed employees 
get a combined total of 18 years, uh, and then they have to go and, and they can't get a, be a federal employee anymore for the fact that uh, a lot of the majority of our previous founders went broke uh, serving our country. And lately it just seems like everyone goes there to make millions uh, by serving quotes in our country. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I also gr- to say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Paul. Keep going. Uh, so I just want to also point out that I tried to call in a while back. I was talking about states' rights. It was right after the Supreme Court uh, said, hey, you know, give it back to the states. I really, really would love to just point out that we need to repeal the 17th Amendment and really bring true power back to the states and stop all these two senators being elected by the majority of bigger cities and really polluting that, 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 that spot. Uh, yeah. People need to pay attention to their local governments and who they're electing. And by doing that, you'll know who they're appointing and putting in as their uh, uh, federal senators. So many, so many good points, Paul. I, I hope you would consider being one of my Constitution coaches. Uh, PatriotAcademy.com or ConstitutionCoach.com. You will love the courses, and you would be great at teaching them, and we'd give it all away for free. We'd train you for free. You're just, you're just on the exact same page. Repealing the 17th is one of my big pet peeves, uh, pet projects. I, I agree with you 1,000%. If you look at the passage of the 17th Amendment in 1913, along with the 16th, the income tax, but because of the passage of the 17th Amendment, it's like a hockey stick curve growth of the federal government because you no longer had the legislatures able to hold the U.S. Senate accountable before the 17th Amendment, if the Senate, if Congress was going to pass some new bill and create some new program, like, I don't know, Department of Education, maybe, then the states, uh, the, the legislatures would call their state senators or U.S. senators and say, hey, you're out of a job if you do this. Do not create an agency that we're already doing in our state. We don't need that duplication. Uh, but but once we no longer chose the U.S. senators through the legislature, they lost that accountability. And now they come home to the general public and promise to bring home the bacon for the library and for this and for that. And all of a sudden now uh, the federal government grows and grows and grows and grows. So um, Paul is hitting on a very, very important. It's a little technical, right? It's, it's kind of like what we're talking about here, limiting Supreme Court justices to 18 years. But these are the things, these are the structural amendments that can be done through a convention of states. You're not going to pass a life amendment or a marriage amendment or that type of thing and get 38 states to agree to that. It's just not going to happen right now. But you can pass these structural amendments that send the power back to the states, limit the power of the federal government in general, and then limit the power of individuals in the federal government, whether in this case it's Supreme Court justices by limiting their time, or as Paul is suggesting, the fourth branch, the bureaucracy, these federal employees. Let's get them out of there after a certain amount of time as well, because they do. They go there and, and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's almost impossible to fire them. They have no accountability and they turn on the president like they did with Donald Trump. The fourth branch is a real problem. Even Ronald Reagan said that all the way back in his day. And it was one of his three big goals. He just didn't accomplish it. He got the other two, restored patriotism, rebuilt the military and cut taxes. And the economy exploded in a positive way. But he wasn't able to do that third one, shrinking the bureaucracy. Quick break. We've got more phone calls on hold and ready to roll. Stay with us, folks. You can call into 888-589-8840. You're listening to AFA at the Core. Our world grows more twisted and evil every day. In a recent pro-life speech, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh made the bold statement that the right choice is to have the courage to let the unborn be born. 
you would think supporting life would be applauded. But those who support the sin of abortion have flooded social media with hatred for Coach Harbaugh. Let's counter that hatred by letting Coach Harbaugh know we appreciate his courage in defending the lives of the unborn, and we're praying for him. Sign the petition at afa.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. In this time, we celebrate that Roe versus Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe versus Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills and to one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you, America's Constitution coach and former Texas legislator. Phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Great call so far this afternoon. Really appreciate all the shout-outs for uh, various things that we're working on and doing to impact the culture. Hope that you will get involved in all of those things, become a Constitution coach, uh, share this program. The more you take the AFA at the Core program and share it with your friends and family, the more educated people in the culture are going to get, and the sooner we can restore our Constitutional Republic. So be a part of the solution. Be a force multiplier by hosting the Constitution classes, by sharing this radio program, any way that you can get involved. We are thrilled to have you on board. Let's go back to Texas on the phones. Karen in Texas is next. Karen, how you doing? What part of Texas you calling from? Oh, Rick, I'm from Abilene, Texas, but uh, I know where Dripping Springs is. 
Well, I miss Abilene and and San Angelo. I went to school in San Angelo, so I love West Texas. Okay. Well, then maybe you can. I'm from South Texas, so maybe you can answer me why they call it God's God's country. But (laughs) (laughs) well, this this is. I still think Yeah, even with even with all of our problems, and even though Florida is outshining us at the moment because of the good things that Ron DeSantis is doing, I I still think Texas is God's country. Uh, and um, I, I I wish we could um, I wish we could you know turn Texas back into the promised land. We'll see. We'll see. We got a lot of work to do. Well, yeah. <laughs> Go I, ahead. Sorry. I, oh, Texas Texas is God's country. I'm just re- was referring to Abilene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, not, it's kind of brown and not any green. I love the color green. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's so great to talk to you. And um, I first of all, my I desperately wanted my son to go he's 22 unlike your first caller wanting his son to get in but we could not the timing was just that week was just already booked so he's 22 so hopefully he can make it next year yeah he's still got a couple of years to go thank you thank you you've requested prayer and we'll definitely be praying and i also rick i want to encourage you that um you know i know that you didn't get reelected, but um you look at what the Lord has used you for. Look at all God. Mm. Look how great the Lord's used you for now by not being reelected, if oh, I may you. be so kind to say so. But no, you know, you know what, I mean, Karen? That's an important Academy. point to make, though, for all of us to know that, that you know being in public office is not the only way to make a difference. And every one of us as citizens, we have a chance to impact this process. Whether you run for office or you go testify in committees and city councils and school board meetings, or you you know teach young people in your community about the Constitution or whatever it is, there's so much every single one of us can do. And so we should never say, well, I'm not a congressman or I'm not a house member. I'm not whatever. So I can't make a difference. Absolutely. Every single one of us can. I appreciate what you're saying. And I actually think you're right. I mean, I, I find it's funny. One of my board members finally sat me down a few years ago after I'd run for the, the Supreme Court here in Texas and, and uh, barely lost, but did lose. And he says, uh, he said, no man can sit on two stools. You got to decide what God's calling you to do. And Patriot Academy is something where you can reach, you know, millions of people. And being one member of, of nine on the on the Supreme Court is is not enough. You can do these other things that God's calling you to, but you got to decide. And we that's what we did. We said, okay, we're done running for office. We're going to raise up others to run for office. And once we let go of that and said, God, we want to be in your perfect will, not just your permissive will, your perfect will. Man, everything just exploded and took off. But I really appreciate your comments, though, Karen. Well, thank you. And I just have a quick question. I wish, like, if we could just sit down in the living room before the primaries here in Texas. I'm, I'm with you. I won't go any further on Abbott, but I'm just <laughs> mentioning that because. So today we're talking about dovetailing on that. I don't. How much confidence do you have that there will be tweaking to this term limits bill? And that's all I wanted to know. I want to pick your yeah. brain on that if you are confident on that. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not because it, it just, you know, the bill just dropped yesterday. So I don't even know. Um, honestly, I haven't talked to any, I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm working on an article. I'm going to go ahead and write an article about it. And, and then I'm going to send it to some of my friends that are members of Congress, see what they think. You know, they may not want to touch it with a 10 foot pole until after January when they have the majority and can, and can more, um, you know, more effectively amend the bill. 
Uh, right now, we know that the, the, the people in charge in Congress will cheat, lie, steal. They'll do whatever it takes to get what they want. And so they may very well say, and I and, and I'm, I would agree with that strategy probably if I was in Congress. I'd say, okay, well, then let's just wait till January and then go back to the people that filed the bill and say, hey, look, you were for the concept. We'll help you with it. You know, let's 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 move forward or start working on it. You know, try to try to at least start ironing out the details. Probably not likely that it would move with what's what little is left of this year anyway. Um, but that's that's a that's a long answer to say. I'm not confident that they would get these tweaks in it. And, and without these tweaks, I, I would not support it unless it passed late into 2024, let's say. Um, so that it would still be a new president before it kicked in. It kicked in, uh, but at least conceptually, both sides can now talk about the fact that limiting federal judges is a good idea, and they should not be there forever. And um, uh, but I know I've watched the left over and over and over again. Take the filibuster, for instance. The filibuster is a sacred cow. It must be protected. The 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 democracy will die if we don't have the filibuster. That's what they said when the Republicans were in charge. Then when they were in charge with a 50-50 vote, all of a sudden, oh, we don't need the filibuster. The filibuster's bad. The filibuster's killing democracy. So that's how they play the game. It's not about the principles or the Constitution or how the system works. It's all about raw power for them. That's how they, they're Machiavellian. It's, you know, end justifies the means. And so what we have to do is play that to our favor and to the favor of the principles themselves when we can and otherwise make sure we're being wise as serpents and harmless as, as doves and not... Uh, not caving into to what they want. Uh, great call, though, Karen. Thanks for calling in from Texas. Let's go to Mary in Indiana. Mary, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question today? Hello? Hey, is this Mary? Yes, it is. Go for it. What's your okay. comment or question today? Okay. I hope it's not too long. Uh, I listened to American Family Radio's when Tim Wildman and Steve Gordash and some of their cronies, they discussed the issues of the day. And somebody had brought up that over a thousand black men were killed, unarmed black men were killed in this country, this nation last year. So Washington Post did a survey and they said, no, 12 unarmed black men were killed in this nation this year. And someone, one other media outlet did a survey and they said, no, it's 27, 27 unarmed black men were killed in this nation this year. So... My question is, how many unarmed black males and unarmed black females were killed in the nation this year by police? Now, I'm assuming, Mary, that you mean by police. Okay, yeah, you said it that time. Okay, uh, by police. So um, I don't know what the number is for last year. The last time I looked at the stats was was during all the— Are you missing my question? How many unarmed black male and black female in the womb were killed by police? In the world or in the U.S.? In the womb. W-O-M-B. Oh, in the womb. In the womb. <laughs> Good. That is, the answer to that is none. <laughs> That's... How many were killed by their mother? How many were killed by the potential father or the mother's boyfriend? And by and Planned Parenthood? Kid, how many of them were killed by potential grandparents? Yeah, yeah. No, great point, Mary. Great point. 
I do want to zero in, though, on, on, on the initial setup of your question, which I love where you went with it. That was good. Uh, and, and that is that, that those all of those lies about, you know, police kill a thousand unarmed uh, uh, black men a year and all that have been proven, of course, to be very, very wrong. And the last time I looked at the stats was during the BLM riots and the burning of America, uh, and it was nine that year, uh, nine the, the, the previous year that they were writing about. And, and in, even in those situations, um, they were extenuating circumstances. And so, you know, yes, uh, there are, there is sometimes, you know, a mistake made by a police officer, no doubt about it. Unfortunately, the ones that the, you know, BLM folks uh, decided to champion, uh, the ones, most of the ones that they go out and riot over are justified shootings. It, you know, some guy has literally pulled out a gun on police officers and they're justified or he's he pull he has a knife and is trying to stab somebody or what you know i mean there's bad incident white black red yellow i don't care what the color skin is it doesn't matter if if you are threatening someone's life threatening a police officer or threatening someone else and they and they have to use deadly force to stop you that's that's the you know that's your fault you're the one that chose to do that now do they make mistakes absolutely that happens uh, sometimes a black officer makes mistakes. Sometimes a white officer. Why does the color of skin matter? See, that's a critical race theory mentality. Uh, they've got us thinking like that all the time. Uh, that's the exact opposite of what we should do. We should look at the circumstances regardless of color of skin. And to be honest, and I, I talked to a lot of police officers about this, they're less likely to fire on someone that is black than someone that is white because of all of the overreactions and being judged based on color of skin. They're more hesitant. It's actually created a problem where they're not even enforcing the law on people because of color of skin. Um, so it's just a, it's just an absolute mess. But anyway, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole there, Mary. Great call, and I love the way you set that up. So very, very good. Okay, uh, let's see. Next up is Gene in Texas. Gene, uh, is it Gene or Jordan? Jordan. Jordan in Texas. What part of Texas are you calling from? Okay, uh, let's see. Next up is Gene. In Texas, Gene, uh, is it Gene or Jordan? Jordan. Jordan. Hey, Jordan, what part of Texas you call from? I am calling from the Dallas area. All right. Well, what's your comment or question today? Well, I find it ironic that Congress is calling for term limits on Supreme Court justices. When are we going to get term limits for people in Congress? <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You've got people that's been there 30 and 40 years that are 70, 80 years old. Why can't we get term limits for Congress? Yeah. That's my comment and question. Jordan, I'm right there with you. You know, we, we did term limits on the president, 22nd Amendment, because the president was elected to what would have been 16 years for FDR if he had, if he had not died in office. And, um, you know, people said, hey, that's too long, 16 years, too long to have power like that. I say that applies to, to the Congress and to the courts as well, and we should do it to both of those branches. Uh, so I'm with you all the way on that, Jordan. In fact, I, I would that's one of the main goals of a convention of states because that's the one place we can actually get it done. Unfortunately, the, the, the amending of the Constitution, there's only two ways to do it. One, Congress starts the process and offers the amendment and sends it back to the states. And the second way is the states start the process and have a get-together, a convention, and propose the amendments just like Congress would, but it still goes back to all 50 states to be ratified. Well, you can bet Congress is not going to propose an amendment to limit itself, to uh, put a term limit on itself. That's un unfortunate. I wish we could get them to do it. I don't think there's any way that's going to happen, which is why a convention of states is absolutely necessary to get term limits on Congress. But you're spot on. 40 years, 30, 40 years, it's ridiculous. And, and sometimes people will say to me, yeah, but John Quincy Adams, what about John Quincy Adams? He served for 17 years. 
And he, and he fought to end slavery for all those years, and then he passed the torch to, to Abraham Lincoln, and Abraham Lincoln actually ended up accomplishing the same plan that JQA had been working on. And, and if JQA hadn't been there, if he had been limited to 12 years, he wouldn't have been there to pass the torch to Abraham Lincoln. True, absolutely true. But for every John Quincy Adams, there's 50 Nancy Pelosi's. In other words, it is rare, just like we were talking about with Clarence Thomas, incredibly rare for someone to be in that arena, in the swamp. Uh, and it's a bubble, folks. I'm telling you, I was only at the state level. I mean, I was a state rep. And even at the state rep level, everybody's telling you how great you are. It's all it's yes men everywhere, all these organizations, all these people, because they want your vote. They want you to push the button on the House floor for them. So they're always building you up. And you. it's like a, it's a bubble. I'm telling you, it's just a bubble. At the federal level, it's a thousand times worse. Because you're not close to home, you're there away from your family, you're there away from your friends and all the people back home and your constituents, and it's yes men everywhere, and they're throwing money at you, and they're throwing all the nice things at you, and you're brilliant, and all, I mean, it's just constant. And so when you're there, the nature of man is that you can only withstand that for so long. I mean, it takes, I think, a Holy Spirit anointing to be able to withstand it. And I think that's what's happened with Clarence Thomas. He's had a god protection. I mean, he's had a, a just a covering, and I would say pray for them to continue to uh, to have that, but it's so incredibly rare. And so Jordan's 100% right. Members of Congress should be limited to how long they can serve in Washington, D.C. And, and you know, pick the number. I, I would say 12 years. I would say, you know, 12 years, either house. So if you serve for six years in the, in the house and then six years in the Senate for a term, you're limited. You know, maybe 18 years total. Maybe it's Maybe it's a maximum of 12 years in the house maximum of 12 years in the Senate and no more than 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 18 uh, total between the two or something. I don't know. Some limit, though. I mean, anything more than 20 years in the swamp is too long. I mean, just look at what it's done to Nancy Pelosi's facial care. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was not nice. Not nice at all. But anybody in Washington, D.C. for more than 15 years is going to have a wrinkled face. I'm just telling you because <laughs> because they're constantly constantly shrink you know uh, uh, shrinking up their you know their nose and and growling at somebody and having some press conference claiming that the other side is destroying America I mean it's just I'm telling you anytime you're there for that long and a part of that fight it's not good for you it's not good for the country term limits are good John Quint- uh, John Adams said without term limits men become ravenous beasts of prey so speaking of Nancy Pelosi ravenous beasts of prey I'm telling you it's bad for everybody. Let's say 20 years. How about that? Let's just all agree nobody should be in Washington, D.C. for more than 20 years. So this bill to limit judicial appointments to 18 years would be great. Now, right now, it's only Supreme Court justices. We need to tweak it. We need to modify it. But the concept is good. It's good for the Constitution. It's good for those justices. And it's certainly good for we the people. If you want to learn more about how the Constitution works and the way that we can make it work better for our country and the way that you and I as citizens can uphold the Constitution and restore those constitutional principles, take one of our Constitution classes. PatriotAcademy.com. You can also become a Constitution coach and be the catalyst in your community for restoring those constitutional principles and restoring biblical values. Check it out at PatriotAcademy.com today. My name is Rick Green. I'm America's Constitution Coach. It's my privilege to host here at AFA at the Core on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll see you next week. Have a great one, and let's go save America. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.